a good time. It's kinda easy to get on track. Sometimes late comes away too early. Sometimes over comes away too soon. It sure feels like we just got here. I sure hate to waste a big old moon. We got all these stars. You and my arms right where you're supposed to be. Sometimes late comes away too early for me. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek and welcome to our annual way too early draft preview. We're taking a quick look at the 2023 NFL draft prospects. We're going top heavy and we're going QBs for a couple, uh, sec- couple years in a row. And it's the draft. Uh, he's very involved in our draft content, whether it was down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, our draft streams, the football group. But Justin, how are you doing? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Uh, I'm excited to just hear... You and our friend, the football grump, kind of just go at it with uh, with some prospects uh, way too early. 2023 draft. I'm excited. Uh, the football grump, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Man, I am great. There's nothing quite like uh, rounding out draft coverage with more draft coverage. So, uh, but this is good because this is kind of, I'm still doing this stuff anyway, watching the USFL and I was already doing this for our own show anyway. So I'm happy to be here and I'm, I'm happy to be talking draft stuff because I always am. Yeah, we do the way too early draft uh, week for a couple of reasons. We're doing offense today, by the way, and then we'll do defense uh, for Friday's episode. Is one, it's June. It's hard to find good content without just repeating, like, hey, do you think Daniel Jones can make a jump? You know, not having the same conversations over and over again. But also, it forces you to get, like, have some guys you're watching for during the season, you know, because we're so wrapped up in the NFL season. It's hard to. You know, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm not super wrapped up in college football on Saturday to watch an occasional game. Um, and even then, you're not you're not super focused in on like one prospect. So uh, I think it's a, a good exercise uh, to do. And the last cup we've done, this is our third year doing it. We got Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau off of last year's. Ooh. Um, and then the year before, Quincy Roche, he was on our way too early draft preview. So we've had uh, over the last two years, three of those guys have ended up being New York Giants. Love that. Love that. Where's your uh, where's your background? It fell. It did fall, and I forgot to put it back up. Where's the hope I, sign? It's oh, that's that's been that thing's dead and gone. It's been gone. It Missed yeah. the hope sign. Actually, no, it's it's right here. Wow. It's right here. Um, before we get into the the draft previews, we have to talk about some big news about a, a prospect out of Ohio State, Justin Hilliard. Suspended two games for PEDs. Oh, no. Yeah, so I, I'm hoping that was, you know, this is the six weeks where it's like, don't do anything dumb, don't get in trouble. I'm kind of hoping this was that dumb thing we got out of the way with Justin Hilliard. No. Um, what he was taking is like, it was, a, it was it wasn't a steroid. It was uh, a drug used to mask steroids, and then he blamed it on his wife. I hate when I get pills mixed up with my wife. I hate yeah, it. I, I don't believe him at all, but part of me did feel bad, like calling him out that I, I didn't... I didn't believe him at all because what if he's telling the truth? Um, but I mean, ninety nine percent of these truth is like these guys are just making it up. Like he he didn't he. There's no way an NFL linebacker happened to mix up um, drugs with his his significant other, and that drug also happened to be a drug that's known for masking steroids on a on a steroid test. I hate when that happens. I'm hoping. I'm still hoping for a little arrest. 
A no, little stop, one. stop, stop, stop. A I, little I, one. We don't want bad things to happen to people, even if they That's are not, the 80th, no, 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 80th not, man not bad. in the roster. No, victimless, just little, little teeny tiny taste of something. No, Get the adrenaline no. pumping. Um, counterpoint to this, Justin Hilliard does have a better chance of making the roster, though, because he wouldn't count against the 53 man. Um, that's always a talking point. Like, remember Ryan Anderson got busted for PEDs last year, and, and they still ended up cutting him. Chess, not checkers. Uh, so, uh, honestly, don't care. Grump, do you have anything on that before we get into the draft preview? Um, I feel bad for him. Uh, he's also full of shit. And if he's not, um, it kind of doesn't matter if he's lying. Because as an NFL player, you need to know what you're putting in your body. So, if you grab the wrong pill bottle, you should be quadruple checking it's the right pill bottle. I mean, it could have been, let's just say he's telling the truth. It could have been narcotics. I mean, what the heck? Who knows? Uh, so I don't really care. And also it's Justin Hilliard. So I wasn't really banking on him making the roster. So whatever. Yeah, I don't think he hasn't even been like discussed in like roster bubble talks. All right. Before we get into the draft preview, this episode was brought to you by Brett Brooks, which sounds like a country singer's name. Justin, who is this country singer? Brooks and Dunn, five, four, three, two, one, too many. Went to patreon.com. That's the Brooks and Dunn song you decided no, to use? No, it's Luke Combs, but Brooks and Dunn is featured on it. It's the first thing that came to my head, and it was fun because it's a countdown. Scumbag. And in five, four, three, two, one, you can go to patreon.com slash Giants. For $2 a month plus some of the tiers, you get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Um, Get to hear our backdoor conversations that we have about these draft prospects. And uh, you get Bobby Skinner. will send you some stickers, magnets in the mail. You know the deal. Patreon.com slash Giants. Love ya. I was very close to just doing a remake of Red Dirt Road and use and like filling it in with Justin Hilliard. It's like where I mixed up my first drugs mm. and it masked my steroids. Mm. It's Keep where going. I it's where I got suspended. I tore I the commissioner's it. letter to pieces. I know. There's a Shania Twain home. song in there somewhere that you can. All right, let's get, let's get into the damn draft preview. <laughs> Your drugs don't impress me much. All right, quarterback, quarterbacks. We're starting with the quarterbacks. Now, I know this is going to bother some people, um, but we're not going to do Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud um, for a couple of reasons. Those guys are the consensus top two right now, but everyone watches a lot of Alabama and Ohio State uh, games right now, and there's not going to – Everyone kind of has their opinion on those guys. So I, I kind of want to wait to talk about those guys until this season plays out. And because those guys play in offenses that make it kind of easy at times, like very easy at times, and mistakes get hidden, I would rather wait to do that and really dive deep and not just watch one or two games, but like dive in, you know, watch six, seven games uh, into it. So I, I'm not going to do B, we're not going to do Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, even though that's who people want to hear about. Um, for the quarterbacks, thought about doing Will Levis, um, but uh, you know, it's there's a lot of scheme stuff there too. Uh, let's see him do it a second year in a row. Um, Tyler Van Dyke out of Miami, I want to do because I'm a Miami guy, but there just wasn't enough there to get super excited about. It's got you know, he's only played half a year though. So, we're doing two guys who are in unique situations. We're going to do Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, and Hendon Hooker, the quarterback out of Tennessee. I think people, you know, don't you guys want to learn something instead of, you know, have your thoughts confirmed or, you know, tell us we're the dumbest people based on our Bryce Young and CJ Stroud opinions. Grump, yes, you, do, you co-host a podcast with the diehard Florida Gators fan, the cranky fan, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, 6'4", 236 pounds, at least that's what he is on the roster. Didn't play a lot last year. 
You know, he doesn't have a bunch of pl- – I mean, he has 64 throws in college football. 64 throws. Those guys who almost meet that in one game. Um, you know, completed 60% of his passes, had 529 yards, 8.3 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, five interceptions, but also added 400 yards on the ground. I'm really intrigued by this guy. I really am. And we haven't seen much playing time. I think he's, you know, with him going into the Billy Napier offense with Rob Sale and those cats, it's going to be interesting. But long story short, he's a big arm QB with awesome athleticism. If you say who's the best athlete at quarterback out of this draft class, out of those top six, seven looked at guys, Anthony Richards is Anthony Richardson is that guy to me. Like he's just an awesome athlete. He's a tough runner, uh, even though he has had some injury issues, some small ones. Um, you know, he can make guys miss. He's not at like Malik Will- Willis level, but he like he's there's like a tier below that as far as athleticism and, and making guys miss. Um, but here's why I'm more I'm really intrigued by him, Grump, and I wanted to see what your thought your guys thoughts are. The arm strength is really good. Like he puts it on a rope when he when he throws it deep. You know he makes tough throws in the tight windows. Uh, I think his action is pretty solid. Like he doesn't have any ba- like bad misses in the ones I watched. Um, besides, we'll talk about when chaos hits and he's under pressure. But what I thought was interesting is he goes through his reads. You know, like I sat there, I watched him sit back in the pocket and go bam, 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 go through progressions, and that's not what I was expecting for for a guy who we just described. Uh, and so th- he's got to play a lot of games this year, but I honestly think if there's anyone who can challenge for the top five who may not be in there right now, it's Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Um, okay, so I can give I can give some background here on Anthony Richardson, and I think you're you're right on the money. Um, last year, about midway through the season, uh, the cranky fan and I were kind of telling anybody who would listen to watch out for Anthony Richardson. Now, when I say watch out for, I don't mean go back and watch all of his 2021 tape because there's not a lot, like you said, and it's not very good when there is a lot for one game. So what happened here was Dan Mullen is a very regimented coach and he's very stuck in his ways. And um, he had a hierarchy at quarterback, which went Kyle Trask, Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson. So Emory Jones would get some spot work in 2020 behind Kyle Trask and you can look it up and he would do things that only Emory Jones could do, which, you know, Kyle Trask kind of won the job over him. He's not really what Dan Mullen likes at quarterback because he doesn't run. Uh, but Emory Jones did. Now, the problem was last year, Emory Jones just isn't very good. And there was other deficiencies with Florida all over the place. And when, you know, Dan Mullen did the same thing where he had his hierarchy, Emory Jones first, and you'd get some Anthony Richardson spot work. And that spot work that Anthony Richardson did where he had a drive here and there was fantastic. It was insane. Um, and Emory Jones would struggle throughout the year. Fans and alumni were calling for Anthony Richardson, and it reached the point where Mullen just kind of was getting criticized a lot and just was like, all right, you want him? Here he is. And just threw him to start against Georgia of all teams. So the Georgia tape, there's things to like, but overall the average fan will look at it and be like, eh, not much there. Um, and that wouldn't be totally incorrect, but this is a watch list, right? So this is what you want to be watching for next year. Anthony Richardson has to be there because he'll be prepped every week for the game and he won't be just sent to the meat grinder. Um, you nailed it as a runner. I think he's closer to Cam Newton. Uh, he's a big dude. Like you said, six, four, almost 240 pounds, allegedly, um, and he's not afraid of contact. I think he's very good at doing his reads. He's got a cannon for an arm. Like you said, Uh, I think you even alluded to this. My biggest thing for him really this year is going to be uh, pre-snap reading a little bit better. 
Um, he does, he does work the pocket very well and goes through his progressions, but I'd like to see him recognize blitzes a little bit more uh, because where he starts to falter um, is when he's being rushed and when he needs to rush throws, that's when you start to see the accuracy dip uh, the mechanics and the footwork start to fail a little bit. I want to see him figure that out before it happens or, you know, slide protection, change things around at the line of scrimmage. It's going to be interesting though, because it's going to be a totally different offense. Like you said, this is Billy Napier and Rob sale. I'm wondering how much running there's going to be. They went out and they got a, I don't remember who, but they got a transfer running back. That's a, some insane running back. Um, I just, I don't know, I, but he is a runner. So like I said, we're, we're looking at a Cam Newton comparable skill set here. So that's kind of what we're looking for and what we're looking at. His development won't be by working through the, you know, working with the offensive coordinator and how to, he got to get through reads and stuff better. But like you mentioned is <clears throat> the footwork gets really bad when he's under pressure. He still makes some really good throws under that, you know, and, and that's where I think he may have the edge on a guy like Malik Willis is that his accuracy is actually pretty good throughout, you know, even when his footwork isn't great or he's, you know, maybe thrown a off pa- platform where Malik Willis would struggle um, at times. So, like, the footwork, the footwork needs real work. Like, his feet click. It, get, it gets real skinny. And he has a, a recklessness to his game. Uh, just a, and maybe that's part of not getting a lot of reps, and it's like I got to take advantage of every single like every single chance I get. So there was times where hey, he's under pressure, he's taking a bad hit, and he just throws up a duck, you know, stuff like that. So that's like, but that's stuff you can get better at, um, you know, and just needs a uh, work in the mechanics. But I think his release, um, you know, I think his throwing motion is bad. Like it comes low and winds up. So there's like. There's things that he needs to work on, but I think it's what I'm pointing out thing is I think his growth is going to come through working with the QB coach more so than the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I would say you're probably right. Um, again, I, I think you're right. I think it is a lot of rep stuff for him. Like I said, there was there was a very set hierarchy, um, and he's he's a young dude, man. Uh, he also he's a Gainesville kid. Like he grew up there. That's his hometown. So. I think he's the level of good where if that weren't the case, I don't think he ends up in Florida. I think he winds up at a bigger school Um, just from a raw skill set point of view. That's the way I see it. I I really don't think he's a Florida Gator if he didn't grow up in Gainesville. Yeah. One of the things that, I mean, I guess just to add on, because we've been already talking about him for a few minutes, but um, just pocket manipulation, uh, at least for me, are you going to drift? Are you going to drift, drift, drift and wait until you get hit and then try to make a big play? Um, or are you, or are you going to be able to manipulate the pocket, you know, with, with that footwork and stuff like that? So that's going to be, I mean, Anthony Richardson has it. I mean, we've seen the explosive plays and the limited reps that he's got. We've seen it through the, we've seen it through the air. Um, we've seen it on the ground, but you know, the, what's going to translate to the NFL and on Sunday is, can you manipulate that pocket? Can you extend plays in some ways? Um, rather than just solely relying on you running, 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 running that way. So that's what I'm going to be looking for, for AR 15 this year. Uh, you got the AR-15 nickname, which is, you know, that's that's great. Uh, even though maybe we're, we're a culture of violence here, right? Yeah, it's probably not the best time to make those jokes anymore, but it is what it is. It's it's, it's you know, part of his brand. I mean, yeah. it, he, he didn't he like get it not copyrighted, but he's promoting. No, I don't. So Anthony Richardson is the guy I'm paying most attention to this college football season. He really is. How much does he grow and develop? You know, which, by the way, guys, how weird is it? Because usually these are the guys on the top of my watch list for college football season. How weird is it that it's like, oh, yeah, we don't really need to focus on the top offensive tackles anymore? 
Um, it's pretty weird, but it's not like we're not focusing on offensive line at all. So yes, but that'll be the day. Man. Has been the spot for. The, I mean, I put out a, a tweet before the draft this year. I was like, every every year that we've been doing this, which is four years, I've mocked the Giants to pick an offensive tackle in the first round. Jonah Williams, Andrew Thomas, uh, Rashawn Slater, and then Evan Neal this past year. Um, got two of those guys. So, you know, hoorah. Uh, hoorah. Yeah. And the two guys I would actually add, maybe Slater over, I don't know. But anyways, like, it's just, it's just, it was weird in this process. It's like, you know, we'll watch the top tackles in the next draft process to, you know, do your homework on guys. But it's like, those aren't the guys we're going to be really, like, offensive tackle is going to be our least important draft preview next year, where it's always been, it's essentially been our most important every single it's year. It's been before. like the last one that we've done every year. Um, and now it's just like, this is the least important one is offensive tackle. We'll, we'll probably do that like first. So you, you, what, what is cranky fan who, you know, you do, what does he think of Anthony Richardson? Is he like all in or is he kind of like you where it's like watch list guy? No, he's, he thinks he's a badass. And so he has a different perspective from me because, you know, he, he is a very much college guy and he sees the guys develop so he can recognize star talent quicker than I can if that makes any sense. Like he knows what to expect from a, a guy who's just going to come in for a drive. So when Anthony Richardson came in and just would unleash like a 60 yard bomb for a touchdown, he was like, Holy shit, this kid is for real. And he would do it consistently when he came in on drive. So um, he's very all in. Uh, I, I don't know. See, here's the thing with the offense. Billy Napier is a run first guy. Rob sale was kind of an run first guy at Louisiana. He was our O-line coach. Um, and like on top of it, go ahead and look at Florida's roster and name me all the wide receivers that you're going to see may have a breakout year. What is it going to be? Justin shorter. It's not really like a, this isn't the Gators team from two years ago that Kyle Trask got to throw to. So yeah. there's that as well. Uh, I, I don't know that he's going to blow away the stat line, but it's going to be when you see it, you know it. Yeah. And, but also, like you said, they did run, uh, a run first offense with the raging Cajuns, um, but also that was you know you're not I, I, yeah I think, you're not I think, getting it <laughs> you know you, you mentioned like the Florida receivers like well the Florida receivers whatever they are this year is going to be a lot more talent than what they've worked with those guys but it's also pro style to it you know so yes. I think that's going to help with Anthony Richardson where it teaches them to play in more pro style where some college coaches would get a hold of Anthony Richardson and they'd be like, I don't care about developing this guy into an NFL quarterback. I care about, you know, averaging, you know, if he went to Oklahoma, like getting 47, 48 points per game, working the scheme, finding wide open guys and letting him you know, use his leg. So that's why I'm a little, that's why I'm excited with him working with Billy Napier uh, with the Gators. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Speaking right. of uh, schemes that don't translate to the pro level. Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee, six foot four, two hundred eighteen pounds. So I think the conversation around him is going to be tough because that Josh Heupel scheme at Tennessee is not real life. Um, like it just doesn't translate to the NFL. But if you look at him, he was a transfer from Virginia Tech this past year for Tennessee. I mean, he completed sixty eight percent of his passes, essentially three thousand yards, nine point seven yards per attempt, thirty one touchdowns, three interceptions, and then six hundred yards on the ground. Like he has awesome numbers. You know, but a lot of that production is from the Josh Heupel offense. Um, you know, a lot of one step drops, uh, attacking with, you know, a attacking with the one read offense. Um, but his athleticism is really good, but he's not overly good, like using it or dynamic. Like he is a pass first quarterback, you know, he's not relying on his legs a lot. Um, 
So let's just talk about like his profile. Like I said, he's got the athleticism, uh, arm talent. I think he has the arm velocity to make all the throws and make them quickly. Um, you know, there's some great throws that he has under pressure and off platform. Um, I think accuracy and precision wise, like for all the intermediate throws, it's there. Um, but I do think he can misplace his deep balls a lot. Uh, whether it's underthrown guys and sometimes guys make plays on that or they're, or they're overthrown. So I think there's sometimes where the deep ball just, just misses where he wants it to be. Um, you know, he's got good footwork with a nice base. So we're, we'll talk about the scheme and stuff um, with him. But I, I think he can be a solid NFL quarterback. It's just it's hard to project. Um, and I think he's like I think he's a solid quarterback, like I said, with, you know, footwork and stuff like his throwing motion motion is a little quirky, but it's quick. Uh, you know, I also think that's a product of scheme and what is what is sometimes taught because they do like play action RPO sometimes they get you can get confused by it but it's quirky there's some stuff of, of him that's pretty that's pretty quirky like this play action stuff you see a lot of movement in his in his upper body you see weird movement with his feet uh, but at least with some of these you know some of the throws that I you know that I saw that I looked at he's a very balanced player in the pocket he, he's he's not too wild um, I think he drives off his back leg. Um, you know, the, the QB school, JT O'Sullivan, I mean, he talks a lot about kind of keeping your cleats on the ground and driving off your back leg and, you know, getting your velocity from there. Um, and certainly Hendon Hooker, I mean, he, he does it. So he throws with guys in his face too. And that's when it helps to have good, good, you know, have good footwork when you're driving off your back leg, when you're, when you have guys in your face, you're not just throwing off your back leg and then you're trusting just solely on your arms. So I think he does well with that. It's fun to see sometimes his mechanics and I think that's the thing that can kind of transfer over to Sunday yes it's an unrealistic scheme yes sometimes I mean you can see him overthrow underthrow some bad decisions etc but you see the mechanics and you see how kind of cool calm collected he is I think that's the thing that can transfer over to Sunday yeah he has all the talent like he has the talent to be an NFL QB he has the mechanics so it's just like how much does he translate decision making wise what did like what did you see with that group so talking about him as a thrower and not talking about the system at all, right? Um, I, I I love his arm for starters. Uh, he can throw lasers. Uh, really, really, really nice tight spiral. I think he also has a nice touch pass. But you absolutely nailed it. His deep ball, it's it's not consistent one way or another. It's just wild. It's it's a little bit overthrown, underthrown, off target. Uh, that's got to get under control. As far as his footwork. Um, and stuff. I, I actually, I like his mechanics for the most part. Um, I would say that his patience in the pocket is almost scary though. Um, I, I would like to, he, he's, he's so patient that he's close to being flat footed at times. I don't know if you guys saw this stuff, but like he really doesn't bounce his, on his, on the balls of his feet a whole lot in the pocket. He's just kind of standing there. And when the rush kind of breaks free, there's a lot of wasted movement, like, you know, coiling up at the knees and then kind of bursting away from it. You know, if you've, if you've got that constant motion with your lower body, it, there's not as much low wasted motion. You can get away from that shit faster. Um, otherwise I, I, I do really like his mechanics. I think he gets the ball out of his hands very quickly. He holds it nice and high. Um, you know, the biggest thing, and I, this is going to kind of just, transition us into talking about him in the scheme it's a super one look offense and that's fine but you can see the panic in him when that one look doesn't work right and it's even on the little stuff he'll double clutch passes um which is a super no-no um he stares down that one read really hard 
And if that read isn't there, he'll just start to run no matter what. Uh, watched one play, I think, against Alabama where there was a three-man rush. The one look wasn't there. And he managed to immediately start running against a three-man rush and still lose five yards. So it, it's just – you can see the panic there. But, again, this is the same kind of thing with Anthony Richardson where this dude earned a spot, I believe, halfway through the year. So this isn't a dude who came into the season getting super prepared and is really ready for the season at an SEC school too. So – I, I want to see what happens this year. If he's still stuck in that kind of thing, it's going to be a tough sledding for him come draft time. But if he's already started to make those improvements, if just if he just needed the time with the playbook, we'll be able to see that right away. Um, so that's kind of the big thing there. Like the, the offense, the numbers he has, I was I, when I looked at like his stat line to pick which games I wanted to watch, I was like, Jesus, he really putting up numbers. And then I watch it and a lot of the throws are like, behind the line of scrimmage going for 55 yards since okay that's not really the same thing at all yeah um, our guy Velas jones we we loved him and then the bears took him in the third round um as far as like the decision making the notes i have are telegraphs nearly every throw and locks on early and doesn't come off first read lacks anticipation throws throws when it's open not throws it open um you know, and I just that just shows up over and over again. It's one thing to be a guy who gets locked on your first read a couple times, uh, but he just doesn't have the anticipation. And again, he just like well, is well I mean, here's my question of that about the whole anti- like I feel like that's a critique that you could say about almost every quarterback. I don't see enough anticipatory throws. I don't see enough anticipatory throws. Is that not just the college? And I'm asking this as a question: Is this not just the college game these days where you're not seeing? the anticipatory throws and the anticipate anticipation. Oh my gosh, words. You don't see those throws on Saturday like you do on Sunday. It's, you know, you have a guy like Joe Burrow who like does do all that stuff and that's why he was so special coming out of LSU. But it's it's more so than those other guys, you know? Like where it's just late, late. Like, you know, it's, it's you know, we're not talking about, it's one thing on a deep over, like you're anticipating what the safety's doing. It's on slants. Where it's like, dude, just throw the slant, man. You're going to get it past that, that that linebacker. That linebacker is not going to become a Madden player and just all of a sudden be glued to that wide receiver. He's, so it's, it's just simple stuff like that. I didn't have stats on this because college football actually does a bad job of keeping track of player fumbles. I, I wa- The games I watched, he was pretty careless with the ball under pressure when he did like he run grump and would have the ball hanging out and fumble. So, um you know, we, we've got a quarterback who's had some fumble issues, too, so I wanted to throw that one out there with Hendon Hooker. So my worry about Hendon Hooker is that a year from now we're going to have the same thoughts, and he's going to end up going in, in the third or fourth round and being like, I don't know. To be honest, I, I can see Hooker going up boards, but a part of me just thinks he might end up being like one of the best backups in the NFL for a long time. I think I agree with that. Um, can we talk about him as a runner for a minute? Um, I don't really love him as a runner. I think he likes himself as a runner more than I do. Um, I, I just think he has bad decision-making with that. And I think that that might break him. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of times where he's he's got the, the read on whether he's going to keep it or pitch it or, you know, whatever, RPO, zone read. And I think he makes the wrong read just about every time. He, he loves to hold on to the ball and gain one yard. Um I just, I also don't think he's that fast or I might be, I, I could be blind. You know, I only watched a couple of games, one of them was against Alabama. So I, I just don't love him as a runner. I think he's okay. I think he has movement ability without really being a true dual threat, but I could be way off on that. Yeah. I, I also think he has the ability as a runner, but like, I don't, 
come away like from watching him like man that that threat that he has as a runner is something to be excited but he's definitely got the ability and the mobility that you want for a quarterback in the nfl now um so. yeah i i liked him more than i thought i would but i think at this point right now if he doesn't well first of all if he doesn't improve his ability to go through progressions it's going to be a no-go for me i just i'm not ready for that at the nfl level period but I, right now i give the the kid from boston college i'm a little bit more excited about than him I haven't watched him, so maybe maybe we should have done Phil Jerkovich out of Boston College. Hooker is second in the nation and missed tackles forced amongst quarterbacks since 2018. There's Malik Cunningham, 121, Sam Howell, 97, and then uh, Hendon Hooker as 106. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that he's a good runner. It just means that he can avoid tackles. He's almost as good as a runner as Sam Howell. Almost. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that stat, though. Um, if you guys want to bet on who's going to be the third or fourth QB, I don't know if you can bet on this stuff, but maybe look out for it and bet on some other signs. Time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. And new customers can bet just $5 on any game, get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday this baseball season? With DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total runs, extra innings, more and more, and boom! You have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, if your same game parlay doesn't hit, you can get a free bet back up to $10. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. New customers can make uh, any $5 MLB bet and get $150 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code JOHNBOY. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. All right. So we're done with the quarterbacks for now. Um, people only want to hear about the quarterbacks. I like talking about the other positions. So uh, guess what? A- April... Let me let me let me look at it, Justin. Please, I don't want to. I don't want to. Let, let's not rush through it. Let's win some games. Let's I see. just want to win games. The next time you'll hear us go in depth about the quarterbacks will be either April third or March thirty first. Because let's see, one, two, three. Four, or you'll do some stuff on talking football. We'll do some stuff on talking football that could be rebranded into another name soon. That's true. Let's talk about a guy next that I'm talking about him next because he's the guy I've known about the longest for this class. Um, you remember, you know, Tommy Tremble. Remember Tommy Tremble? Love uh, Tommy Tremble. Lost his job to this guy when this guy was a true freshman. And that's Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer. Guy is supposed to be the next big thing. And I see why, why is there. Uh, 6'4", 250 pounds. After Notre Dame this past year, he had 71 catches, 840 yards, 7 tutters. Here's the thing that stands out the most is he's a prototypical Y inline tight end who can actually block, who can actually block. So we'll talk about his receiving ability, but he can actually block. He would be the number one tight tight end in this previous class, which I guess wasn't saying too much, but like he can legitimately block, and that's the that's you know it's we're not talking about Levine Toilolo where it's like he's a good blocking tight end. Like Michael Mayer is going to add a big, he's going to be a big receiving threat. But the nice thing is like you know what. This is a guy, a tight end that's going to go in the first round. That he's, you don't have to call him a willing blocker. He's just a good blocker, and I think that's kind of why he might be one of those first round tight ends that you can get behind. Um, well, so uh, I, I think he's pretty balanced. Uh, 
uh, since we're talking about him as a blocker, I, I was, I don't want to say unimpressed because that would be a lie. I do think he's a very good blocker, but there are times when a 6'4", 250 pound man seems like he should be able to do a little bit more than what ends up happening. Um, and I'm not really even sure why. Normally I would say, well, his pad level was too high or his, he was in the wrong position or his hand placement is bad. And I really can't play place a mechanical thing that he's doing wrong and he's not really losing the block either it just feels like he should be able to get more drive when he isn't sometimes and they're like sometimes in double team situations and they're not getting drive um but regardless he's still a fantastic blocker he gets in solid position he has very good mechanics and at the very least stalemates guys and gets them out of the way um so there's that and then on top of it as a receiver you know he's not He's kind of a lumberer running the ball, but he really, 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 really um, impressed me with his ability to run routes just in general. He's got a very good understanding for what a route should be, when it should be cut. There's not a lot of wasted movement whatsoever. His cuts are still nice and sharp. He's got really smooth hands catching the ball. He transitions very well going north and south after the catch point, and he runs guys over. Um, He's never going to really create separation with speed. Or anything like that, or, but but he he does it with his route running ability. Um, the only other thing I could say with him as a cat uh, pass catcher that I would like some improvement on is he doesn't really like attack the ball in the air the way I would like him to. He's going to be in contested catch situations at the NFL level just based on his speed, I would say. Um, and I would like to see him fight back towards the ball a little bit more. But it's that's such a light criticism because he is a good hands catcher. Yeah, I mean, he catches really well through contact. There's plays where it's like, I can't believe he came up with that catch, like through all that traffic. I don't know how he had the concentration to do that. Um, here's where I do think his biggest issue might end up being, like you mentioned, is that Verzone, like Verzone he knows leverage well. He knows where to work. Like, he, he's good at that. But he doesn't have that speed or even the greatest, like, change of direction, even though, like, his routes are sharp, versus man coverage. So I think he need to be able to really separate versus man coverage. He's going to have to become a great route runner. Where right now he's like a solid route runner. Um, cause he just, that's like the biggest issue I think he has is he just versus man coverage guys are able to stay in that hip of him. I've never seen a tight end. Now I've only been, I, I've only at least somewhat taken pride in my draft coverage since 2020. And this is the best route running tight end, creating separation tight end that I've, that I've seen. I mean, there are, there are cornerbacks that are kind of going face-to-face with them, and yeah, they're not putting their hands on him or anything like that, but I mean, he's creating separation. Cornerbacks are right in his face, safeties are right in his face, and he is creating separation, you know, in, in and out of his breaks. So, um, and then what I love most about his game is just after the catch. What he can do with the ball in his hands after the catch is just an absolute treat. I mean, he can either... He can either run around you, um, or he can run through you, or he can go over you, and he can jump over you as well. Um, I mean, it's just really, it's a treat to watch. Yeah, he's kind of like, I think since we've been doing this, like, who's the best, like, inline tight end that we've seen the last few years? You know, Kyle Pitts was obviously a great tight end, but he wasn't inline at all. Uh, Trey McBride was good, but he, I don't, he's not at Michael Mayer's level. Um, you know, I'm trying to, who was the number two tight end in, in the Kyle Pitts class? I don't even remember Kyle yeah. Pitts was like such a unicorn that like what was he picked fourth like that yeah happen. yeah he's a wide receiver he's not even a tight end like yeah. I was watching some I was actually watching some Kyle Pitts stuff it's like this guy's not even a tight end he's just a wide receiver who lines up like closer a little closer to the tackles than a, your traditional <laughs> slot wide receiver um 
So yeah, it's, and you know, Michael Mayer kind of, he was hyped coming in the calls, you know, that's why I knew his name before all these guys. Like he was hyped as like the next real deal and the next Gronk type of guy. You know, he's got some work to go to there. Like you said, uh, you know, maybe attacking the ball more so than letting it come. Like he makes crazy concentration catches, but like you said, fighting back to the ball and maybe gaining some separation at the catch point. Um, but I also think that's stuff he's going to get better at as well. So he's- He was a sophomore last year, had two games with nine receptions, two games with two touchdowns, and then also two 100-plus yard games. Finished the year with 840 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. And that's that was him as a sophomore. So, Yeah, and I mean, like, tight ends don't put up production in college. No. Like, they just, they just Daniel don't. Daniel Bellinger. <laughs> you know. It's terrible um, production. Like, let me look at – I'm even going to look up Kyle well, I think – um- Kyle Wasn't Pitt. Pat Fryermuth the uh, the second tight end taken in the? Oh yes, draft? yes, so Pat, yes. Pat he was pretty good. But I like Mayer. The, I like Fryermuth a lot. But I actually like uh, I like Michael Mayer more than Fryermuth, especially after the catch. I mean, Mayer. Just I think they're fairly the comparable. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. Fryermuth um, has actually turned into um, Fryermuth out of all these kind of tight ends that have been hyped up over the last couple of years. Besides Pitts, you know, he's actually turned he's turned into a he's a very good NFL player. Yeah, he got better as the year went along. He was a solid tight end for the Steelers. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what he can actually do with Pickett instead of Big Ben. Um, so, isn't it crazy the Steelers drafted a QB no one's excited about, but it's like a lot more exciting than what Big Ben was last year. <laughs> so, Kyle puts Kyle Pitts as a sophomore, 54 catches, 649 yards, five touchdowns. So, Michael Mayer as a sophomore outperformed Kyle Pitts. So, um, so there's definitely there's definitely like like I was as much as I knew Michael Mayer when I actually looked at the stats I was like oh wow he actually put up some really good stats for the yeah. tight end spot and you know not some and it wasn't really great quarterback play from uh Jack Cohn I think was the quarterback for Notre Dame so what do you guys think about dra- drafting a tight end in the first round because you think about it on offense wide receiver can you can make the argument for but you can also see us not being in a position to need to draft a wide receiver in the first round tackles no People say interior offensive line, maybe not. And the guys that we watch definitely aren't first-round guys at this point, even though we may have missed somebody. Let's say we're not going quarterback, not going to take a running back. The one offensive position I could see maybe being the first is tight end, depending on where we're at. I mean, I, th- I think it's got to be the right one. I mean, that's the thing, where you can't you can't have an, an Evan Ingram, but a tight end that can kind of come in here and do the things that Mayer does, do the things that Fryermuth does. Um, it, it can change your offense. And Bobby, we've talked about that time and time again, having that tight end that can be that blocker at the line of scrimmage, but also taking the top off of a defense. I mean, I, I think tight end, it just it can change the way that you can operate as an offense. It really does depend who we're talking about here and what their skill sets are. People say you don't draft tight ends in the first round because you can get them later. I disagree with that to a point because, yes, like you see great tight ends who are drafted later. But if you identify one of those great tight ends, yes. like those, the tight ends have a huge impact. Look at the impact George Kittle has, Gronk has had, Kelsey has had. Those guys have a huge impact. So if you can identify those yeah. those players, I have no problem drafting them. Uh, you know, in in the first round, it's not the, the same as running back because you just named all those guys that, like, okay, yeah, Kittle, Gronk, whatever, whatever. When those guys go down, their replacements aren't doing the same thing. When running backs go down, their replacements can keep an offense afloat. Right. Um, I don't. I don't feel too solid about taking a tight end in the first round, and I'll tell you why. Um, if this is the best tight end in the class, he's not top fifteen worthy, and that's kind of where I see us being. 
but otherwise the theory is sound, right? Uh, from an offensive perspective, who else, you know, I mean, what other position can you really see us going for? I mean, maybe wide receiver. I mean, it really, yeah. I could see that. We're going to talk about two wide receivers next. Um, and maybe there's a guard that we didn't watch that we'll fall in love with. Honestly, I'm excited for the defensive preview. There's some dogs on defense in this class. Uh, yeah, I think corner is probably where we're probably going in the first round. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a wide receiver, though. And I want to, and it's very interesting when you look at this guy's numbers. We'll talk about him as a player, but just numbers. And that is Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith uh, in Jigba. Six foot, 196 pounds. This past year in 2021, he had 95 catches. 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns, 16.9 yards per catch. Now, he worked predominantly as as a slot with Ohio State. Why was he in the slot? Well, they had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave ahead of him. You know, he was a true sophomore. Well, guess what? He had the most production of two top 15 wide receivers this last year. Chris Olave and and Garrett Wilson both, both were in the top 15. He had more production than any of those guys. As a true freshman, he had more production than Jamison Williams, who also, uh, went in the top 15, uh, went, you know, who was at Ohio State with those guys before transferring to Alabama. He had 550 more yards than Garrett Wilson this past year. 123 yards per game, 27 more yards per game next, uh, uh, more than those other guys and more yards per catch than both of those guys. And the one game where both those guys didn't play, Garrett Wilson and Olave, that bowl game versus the Rose Bowl oh I don't know he had a measly fucking 350 yards versus Utah I mean sheesh sheesh like the production is insane like it's insane production when you think about the talent ahead of him before we even talk about him as a player Justin I feel like there's a mold for wide receivers that Ohio State has not too glamorous not too overly big not too overly fast but they run their routes well and they can separate. And something that's um, unique to Jackson, I feel, is that he is like la- like his lateral movement and the ability to get in and out of his breaks. I mean, that I feel like is what really, really separates him. Like, yeah, he isn't overly fast, isn't overly big, like I said, but I mean, just in and out of his breaks. I mean, it looks like he's just going and operating at a different speed. And that was really, really fun to watch. I don't really have a whole lot to add. Uh, Justin, you kind of nailed it. Ohio State has a bunch of guys that were a lot of their production kind of feels scheme oriented. Uh, I saw a thing. Ohio State has had like 15 or like 12 top 15 wide receivers in the nation or like like 12 of the last 15 top wide receivers in the nation have committed to Ohio State. Um, They have Marvin Harrison Jr. on that team. who's a beast. It just it just feels like the scheme does a lot of the statistical work for them. They they have a decent quarterback system. They have a, a solid, you know, offensive system that just gets guys open and in space. And they they just beat the crap out of some teams. You know what I mean? So I try not to look too much at production. It's very hard to ignore his. But you guys both nailed it. As a pass catcher himself, you know, there's nothing too special. But it's it's the route running for me. He's meticulous. He's deliberate. Um, he doesn't really have. The one thing that I'm not seeing is the second nature natural flow to him, which is that like top 15 wide receiver in the draft kind of thing that some, some guy like, like Odell Beckham just has, he just runs very smoothly, very naturally. Um, This dude, you can tell he's thinking about it and he's, he's got the steps down in his head. He knows exactly what he's doing, but it doesn't feel like this is the year where I'm going to expect him. You're going to see the natural 
the flow to it where it's, it's just the little things. It's when to turn on the jets and the route and things like that. It's just not really consistent, but man, he just flies out of breaks and gets open. Yeah. I mean, that's <clears throat> one of the notes I have is um, let's see where, where did it have uh, can stop on a diamond smooth hips. It uh, doesn't lose a, a, a speck of speed with change of direction. I said his route running needs polish, but uses sell well and elite using leverage um can route round his routes too often um but i also think like he he's not like a f- just go 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 like, i do think he temples his route speeds well to work into those blind spots and find holes um you know uh some issues i think he catches with his chest at times i'm not sure if he has drop issues but i just did notice he catches the ball with his chest a little a little too often and and there is some contested catches that he has but he, he just doesn't look like he's ever going to be a go up and get it guy like you're not going to toss it to him um you know, and, and then again, like his speed isn't like record break. He's not Jamison Williams as, as far as speed, but I just think, I think you know that change of direction. I think he can grow as far as polish. I'm excited. I'm interested to see if Ohio State's going to use him on the outside. Like they had so much production with him in the slot. Like, do they leave him in the slot? You know, throw Marvin Harrison Jr. on the outside, and then you know, fill in the blank. Whatever, what other Ohio State wide receiver? I'd like to see him play on the outside more. Um, but like you mentioned, it is kind of. I usually, we usually don't talk about stats at all on these drafts, but it's like his are just impossible to ignore. Um, so, so do you, do you guys like him more than the next guy we're going to talk about before Justin Reziad? No. I don't think so, no. Oh, I'm the only one that does. All right, Justin, why don't you read the ad and then we'll talk about Kayshawn Boutte. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off with your tickets at SeatGeek with promo code Giants, if you don't know what SeatGeek is, what are you doing? You might be dumb. They're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. We've got the app on our phones. Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the globe in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. Don't get the red. Get the green. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee. So you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. Grump, are you going to the USFL um, finals? You're going to make the trip? Ohio? I might. I, They're I, moving I, them I from do, Alabama? Getting... The playoffs are in Canton. Oh, I didn't know that. So you can get like USFL tickets on SeatGeek. I have looked this up previously because I thought that they would be in New Jersey when they first announced the USFL. I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna go in Jersey. They're probably gonna play in MetLife. I'm gonna get tickets. Nope, they're in Alabama, but they are on SeatGeek. You can get them if you want. Don't worry. Again, we got the hookup. Twenty dollars off your first purchase with the promo code Giants. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Code Giants for twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek order. So are you going, Grump? That, that, that is a solid no for me. I, I do Damn. I do my better work on the Pussy. TV, you know. Got it. So okay. yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Got it. I you know, I'm missing out on all the sites of Canton, Ohio. What well. what site and promo code would you use if you were going? Probably SeatGeek and I don't know, talking giants. What did you just say? I wasn't listening. Co- promo code giants. giants. That's, that's what I said. I said code giants. Yes, you did. Um I heard it. The next time we'll all be in Canton, I think we should go to the Hall of Fame game when Eli Manning's inducted. Yes. Um, so we'll we'll Thank go you. to the Eli Mannings. Uh, so next we got Kayshawn Boutte, wide receiver at LSU. You guys like him more than Jackson. I kind of like Jackson a little more. I like um, Boutte more. But it's close. 
Played six games this past year, had uh, 509 yards on 38 catches, nine touchdowns. Uh, the year before, as a freshman, he had 45 catches, 735 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, lines up all over the place and, and obviously does it all well. Um, speed is good and change of direction is better. Here's where he stands out is he just gets a ton of yak. And it's not just simply like he's fast and he just runs away from guys. Yep. Like it's an all different types of way. Like he's elusive. He's a strong runner through contact. He can make guys miss, you know, and when he's in the open field, he can beat you to the, to the pylon. Yep. That's the thing that stands out to me the most, Justin. And it seems like that's why you love him the most. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I try and look for since I'm not the smartest guy when it comes to evaluating, you know, what, what do you do as a football player that rises above scheme? What do you do that rises above kind of what's just given to you, you know, from the advantage of, hey, I'm an, I'm a team, I'm an offense and I play for a team that's really, really good and everything is good around me and I'm good too. What can you do to rise above? Um, and, and Butte, man, I mean, just, he looks like he's a grown man. He is a grown man playing like a, a little boy's game. And he does it while not, well, it doesn't look like he's working that effortless. hard. And it's, it's effortless. That's, that's, that's the right word to say where, you know, where if he's running his routes, he's not really busting his ass and he's moving too much and he's flailing his body around. No, he's a calm, cool, in control player, but he's still, I mean, he's playing grown man football out there uh, and he's not just a possession guy that's going to fall down. He's going to have these big explosive plays. And honestly, this doesn't happen too often with, with me because when I'm watching one particular player, I need to be watching that particular player. My eyes can't be veering off. I, I get too distracted easily. So I was watching Ed Ingram during the pre-draft process. And it was just, oh my God, Keishon Butte, uh, especially against Auburn, just making play after play after play after play, big play, big play. I'm like, who is this cat? So really, 99% more of the players that I've come across, Butte has stood out and he's popped off the screen more when I'm trying to watch another player. So I'm very, very excited to see what he can do this year. This is probably my lowest level of analysis of all time, but can we talk about how, like, just his face? He looks like a mod Bradshaw. Did I you guys know? I don't that? look at his face. I'm a big. I, I I don't. I didn't see his face to be honest. I I always go You're on a big like what, the, Bobby. Finish that. I'm a thought. big not look at a guy's face. Well, I'm about to look at his face right now. Does he look like a mod Bradshaw? Tell me what you think. Um, can I just can I be a jerk and just say no? You can. I'm gonna say I just no. I I went to the LSU website to get his his numbers basically okay. and and no, his his picture on there he was just kind of like smiling I was like Jesus he looks like a mod Bradshaw well I'm gonna Super find weird. LSU athletics um while you're oh, wait, looking yes. that up oh wait I looked at I looked at the wrong picture he his face does like that is a face a Bradshaw would make yes okay all right well but this is the only picture of his face I've seen um here there is um great great one kind of thing that. That's kind of silly about him. Um, and, and I don't know if this is just a couple of games I watched, but he kind of falls a lot, like not with the ball in his hands, just kind of trips over his own feet a little bit from time to time. That's like my, I guess my biggest knock on him because I saw it more than once. And I mean, can't have that. It's not even at the break point. He was just kind of tripping off the line. Um, but I, I do like the way he runs the ball and uh, runs the routes more than anything. I, I, I was surprised by, you know, a six foot, 195 pound or a 200 pound, 200 pound wide receiver uh, and his, his blocking ability. I know that that's like not really that important, but 
he's more than just willing. He's like an aggressive play. He'd really launch into dudes. He's not, he's not going to win a whole lot of times because like I said, he's only like 200 pounds soaking wet, but um, I was really surprised by that. Um, otherwise I, I really do like the way that he runs around. He's nice and smooth. Um, it's just difficult to grade LSU players from last year. Um, so it, 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 the team sucked so much, uh, especially the offensive side of the ball. I, I'm really just looking forward to see what he does this year. I'm giving him basically a clean slate and I'm going to say he can do all the things in the right system. Yeah, as, far, as far as his route run, I think he sells vertically really well. And mm-hmm. you, somewhere where that shows up and LSU did a lot was curl routes. Like he ran curl routes really well. Like he was able to get separation on those curl routes on a route that doesn't breed a lot of separation. He was able to consistently sell vertical. There's a couple things that are keeping me from putting him ahead of Jackson, though. Then contest the situations he has drops. He doesn't. It, sometimes he looks like he lacks the concentration to bring those catches in, in tight situations. Um, you know, I, I just think I'd like to see him go up and get it a little more too. And he didn't get. He didn't face it a lot, but there were some press reps that I saw, and he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. And there's not a lot of them, but it's like, man, that worries me a little bit. It's like like that little type of those little type of things like man there's like the only times i saw you really pressed up man like that corner was able to get, take advantage of you and just keep you to the line of scrimmage like where it looked like it was almost a blocking rep so there's a couple of things that uh, worry me but like you mentioned the lsu was kind of a joke last year so it'll be interesting to see how brian kelly it, uh, uh works with those cats next year so that's Keishon Butte. next i'm excited about this guy and this is two years in a row. There's a guy that's no one's name that is, I haven't heard a lot out of Utah. You know, I fell in love with Devin Lloyd last year, and I'm falling, I kind of fallen in love with the Utah tight end, Dalton Kincaid, six foot four, 242 pounds, had uh, 500 yards and eight touchdowns. He led college football tight ends in yards per catch with 14.2, which I was surprised that was a high number. I figured there'd be some tight end who had like 25 yards per catch or something crazy. Uh, he is a converted wide receiver, but I only knew that because I, you know, I read it. Uh, but it's, uh, he's got really good athleticism and better agility. Um, uh, as far as, you know, his size, like he does need to fill out his frame a little more, but he does, he has the fire to be a solid blocker. I hate using the term willing blocker, but he is a willing blocker. He does have some really good blocking reps, but he, I wouldn't call him a good blocker, but I do, like he has the fire to be a good blocker. Like he fires in the blocks. I mean, there are some reps against Kayvon Thibodeau that I was watching uh, when he played Oregon. It's like he, he did a he did a decent job versus Kayvon here, um, but the thing that shows up the more is just the burst off the line of scrimmage. Like he he bam that ball snapped. He's into his route and he's he's quick and he runs the full route tree as a tight end. Whether you line him up in line or split him out, and they did a, a bunch of two tight end sets at Utah. Um, you know he his route running has good sell. His cuts we talk about like sometimes the guys round him out. His are bam quick. Like just bam, snap the hips, and he's flat down that line with with, with his cuts. Um, although sometimes there could be a little too much stutter and too many steps getting into it and, and slow down. Um, so, and here's the last thing I'll say before I throw it to you, Grump. I there were some plays I saw in the scramble drill that I really liked. There was one play I can't remember what game I was watching, but the QB, uh, you know, the play breaks down. The QB scrambles. He turns up field. The corner turns up with him. He gives him the push turns back and he's the outlet for like a seven yard catch like so just good instincts and that stuff so um and the other i'll just finish off my notes on him he's like i think he has great hands overall not the best leaper but it does contort his body really well in high points in contested situations um i really like dalton kincaid man he's 
he's a he's a fun tight end. Like I think he would be him and Trey McBride would be battling for tight end one in this last class. I really like Dalton Kincaid. I didn't know who the hell this kid was until you told me to do this. Um, this dude, you know, a lot of the skill position guys, in fact, I think all of the skill position guys that we talked about are four or five star recruits. I don't think this kid was an any star recruit. I didn't, I didn't look it up, but I didn't see it flashed about and branded all over his name when I just Googled him. So there's that he's a San Diego transfer. Um, he's played at San Diego state for 2018, 2019 before shout out Daniel Bellinger. Um, man, I don't really know his speed, but he, he he looks to me like he's on the faster side for tight ends. Um, I don't know if you guys know his projected 40 time. I don't know, shit. but he's fast. He's definitely fast. Like it's, it shows up right away. Um, I would say one of the things that made me really like him is that he is such a smooth pass catcher. Um, he has really natural hands and he has a really excellent ability to catch on the run without jumping or or like you know he just he catches very fluidly sometimes at awkward angles you know on the move down really low he just catches the ball and turns up the field it's it's like not that hard for him and i guess that comes from being a converted wide receiver um which makes me wonder why he wasn't good enough as a wide receiver or maybe they just thought because he was big he could just be a, a fantastic tight end um you know i would say that I was impressed with him as a blocker as well. We didn't talk about that. I don't think at all, but I think he's pretty decent. I think he gets really good position. I think he is more than willing to deliver the hits as a blocker. You did say that you said that you don't like saying willing blocker, but um, what, what I was impressed with a lot of tight ends don't do this. He drives his legs. A lot of tight ends just kind of get in position and they just kind of torque guys out of the way. He drives his legs. He'll move people. Um, and that is just not common among college tight ends. So I was I came away really impressed with Dalton Kincaid. He seems too good to be true. Yeah, so it's it's I'm interested to see how much he develops as a blocker. Like if you know, like you mentioned, like he's very willing. He does it. He has some good technique, even though his feet are a little too skinny sometimes. Like you can tell sometimes when it's a run play, his feet get very skinny because he wants to get low and and drive through a guy, uh, drive through a defensive lineman or whoever. Um, so as, as far as like that, I want to see him develop as a blocker. And that's why, you know, if this was his last year and he was coming out in this past draft class, you'd be a little worried about some of the blocking stuff. But he's got a year developed. Tight ends do develop as blockers. So very excited for Dalton Kincaid out of uh, Utah. He's definitely one of those guys. I, I did like had no preconceived notions of him. Just like, all right, let's do a tight end. This guy's rated the second or third. And I fell in love with him. All right, let's move on to a couple interior offensive linemen. Before that, we got an advertisement. Mm, we have an ad. Grump, you're very sty. You're a stylish man. Wow, you you knew where I was going with this. <laughs> you're a stylish man. Are you a are you a confident dresser? Talk about like your wiener. Well, that, well, that, well, we're gonna we're gonna work up to that. We're, we're working down, to the, I guess. Yeah, buy me dinner first. Um, I am, I I've had my wardrobe criticized on your show. Apparently my fit is the same every single time, but you know what, <laughs> you know how you're wearing a great outfit like this and everything just looks right. And your confidence is soaring. You don't care what people in the comments on talking giants say, no, you can walk into a room knowing that you're on your a game and you know, your draft stuff. And you know, you don't have the draft order all wrong live on the internet. 
And if you've been struggling with PE, Roman can give you that same feeling in the bedroom. Mm. Who wouldn't want to feel like a draft guru in the bedroom? Thick thighs save uh, lives. Thick, <laughs> thick wieners make better I mean, relationships. That's very true. And sweet and touching. Very touching. Roman's swipes are clinically proven to help you last longer in bed, which, of course, is the key to happiness. These treatments are safe, they're effective, and they're used by millions of men. Millions of men haven't been wrong before, right? Um, free two-day shipping. I mean, I haven't listed a single downside yet. Uh, there is no reason to not be confident. And if you want to be as confident as me wearing this shirt on the internet, um, you can get roman.com slash world today. Go to the website. If you're approved, you'll even get $10 off of your first order. That's getroman.com slash world. Wow. That was incredible. I'm a confident man. What can I say? Incredible ad read. Yeah, you're, I can't believe how confident you are in your reading, even with how bad it is. Um, wow. So, Rude. You mean the product? Get out of here. No, the product. Would great. I be this confident? <laughs> you just, you, you, I just don't know if you know how to read the English language. Wow. I thought that was great. I just feel like being an asshole right now. So I, I got to bully you can't, you can't shake this confidence, man. Can't shake it. Um, is that a Bucks logo? What is the thick thighs? What is, what, what is that like for like, what is that? So this is a New Jersey general shirt, my friend. I'm probably one of three people who own this shirt. <laughs> um, this is Darius Victor. That's the, the guy who saw a score a touchdown. Number nine, right? Uh, I don't know his number. I got to be honest with you. He's bald. I can tell you that. Mm. So we're buddies. Um, former Saints player as well. He was on the practice squad and couldn't crack the lineup behind uh, Kamara. And I think Ingram was still on the team then. But yeah, this is his shirt. Uh, and I think he bought it for his whole offensive line and they threw it on the website. And I was like, I have to buy this. There's a chance it's, it's that this a shirt. shirt doesn't exist in like six months. I it's have to shirt. have it. Yeah, if you watch any USFL games, you have to get some type of merchandise out of it so you can say that you you watched it. You know. All right, <laughs> let's talk about some interior offensive linemen. No tackles this year. Now, unfortunately, I didn't find one I fell in love with. Like last year, I fell in love with Kenyon Green on our way to early draft preview. I was like, this guy's real deal. I want him in the top 15. Um but first, we're going to talk about Notre Dame center Jared Patterson, six foot four, three hundred seven pounds, has the ideal size for the center spot. I think Jared Patterson is going to be a solid NFL offensive lineman, and again, he has a year to get better. Like, like I'll kind of just read through some of my notes of him. His athleticism is above average, but not great. Think his strength is good, but he needs more in the upper body. Core is strong. Base could be wider, but it's it's strong and consistent. Pass pro is very solid. Never a victim to bull rush. Fairly quick feet and ability to mirror, but needs to ID better. Lunges with heavy shoulders, but his core, uh, his core and base can save him at times. Needs to shoot hands rather than clamp, but solid punch and pass um, and run. Feet come quickly in the run game, but needs to roll his hips rather than lean. Doesn't get the movement and needs to be better with hat placement. So, like, those were the notes that I have. And to me, that sounds like a guy who could be a solid offensive lineman, but he's not the he's not the interior offensive line that you fall in love with. He's not super sloppy. Um, you know, a guy like Wyatt Davis. By the way, a little pat on the back. Remember how much heat I got for saying that Wyatt Davis wasn't very good? And he might be be cut by the Vikings after year one. But anyways... Um, so, I mean, what did, 
What did you guys think out of for the Notre Dame product, Jared Pat? I just thought he was kind of solid. Like he, he's like the Liam Eikenberg of centers. Leaner. Uh, uh, that was that was my my first note. And whenever I put an asterisk next to something, that means that I'm like unsure. Not about the evaluation, but just about like, ooh. So leaner was one of my main notes. Yeah, I'm going to agree with both of you. Uh, I think you guys both said it. Um, he has a tendency to lunge and play with his head over his feet, like way over his feet. Um, I think it tends to show up more in the pass game because, you know, like you said, he doesn't he doesn't fire his arms out the way I really, I, I don't know. Like you said, he just kind of latches on. Like it's when the guy isn't right there in his face, he starts to reach and lean. And that's when he gets into a lot of trouble. Um, I will say he does some things really nice. I like how quickly he gets out of his stance I, yeah, for, for a guy who's snapping the ball is like pretty, pretty damn good. Um, but then he just kind of gets his arms outstretched and is like waiting for contact. Like, dude, hit somebody. Are you a football player or not? Um, I, and I think a lot of that is his problem is, is not just going out there and hitting dudes. Right. I would like to see him more aggressive. He, he, he loses hand fighting battles because they're just out there to be smacked out of the way. And I think I watched three plays in a row where the same defender just chopped his hands out of the way and just swam right past him. And it, it, three straight plays, the exact same move, same side, everything. So that's a real problem for me. And I know that hand fighting is one of those things that, um, you know, if guys have developed hands in, at the senior level, yeah, but it's really rare that guys are already developed hand fighters at the college level. For me, yeah. anyway, it's usually that the first round guys are the dudes that do that. And some of them even can't do that. Yeah, um, so for him, it's just for him to improve, like the main thing, obviously, you know, you got to just get better overall. But just being able, like you said, you, like you guys said, I think getting his base a little wider, a little wider, which will give him less lean and just, you know, when he's in pass pro, you know, push those shoulders back and shoot those hands. And then in the run game, it's just I don't know how much he can get better at that because I just don't know how flexible his hips are. Like the, the guy we're going to talk about next has like really flexible hips. He's, a, you know, more of an athlete. Um, so but Jared Patterson, I think he'll be a solid NFL offensive lineman, um, but nothing to write home about at this moment. All right. Last guy. Last guy for the 2023 way too early offensive draft preview. Don't know how to pronounce this name, but he's the Michigan center transfer from Virginia. So this will be his first year at Michigan. Aluskin Oluwatimi. And now I'm pretty that sure I got right. Ol- Ol- Oluwatimi uh, right. I, but uh, I don't know about the, the first name. Six foot three, 310 pounds. Like I said, he's a transfer from Virginia. The thing that shows up the most, he's athletic and flexible center. Uh, he's like, he just, he's able to get out and move. He's got good hips. He rolls through blocks. Um, but I do think he needs to add some upper body strength. Um, but as far as interior offensive lineman goes, like he has the athleticism that you want. Um, and in the, in the past game, like he has the strength to, uh, to anchor guys. Um, here's where I think his biggest issue in pass pro is, is he has kind of like a soft shoulder. Like if guys get to that shoulder, it just opens up too easily. And it's like, man, you should be winning this rep and, and they're, you know, they're getting the better of you, but you don't see the bad reps either. Um, but you see him move guys in the run games. Like his base is really good with good pad level. Um, you know, like, and there's things that he needs to fix. Like he has a false step and he needs to fire into the run block better. So, you know, the beginning of the block isn't great, but he's good at adjusting, rolling those hips and just really getting movement. And then as far as, you know, like out in space in the, in the wide zone, uh, he gets out there and moves getting to the second level linebackers. He's getting there and sealing guys off. Now he struggles in the wide zone when he's covered up 
and he has a hard time getting his hat on the right side and working through that block. And that's where I talk about the upper body strength. Um, in the past game, I think he's really good at IDing stuff, but I do something I want to see is I want to see him be more aggressive looking for work. You know, like he gets good depth. That's what I want more so than being, you know, super aggressive, but he gets good depth. But it's like, man, go help. Like lay a hit. You got, you got this lay a hit where sometimes he just kind of places his hands on guys, but he has that athletic, athletic ability to sneak into like that early second round. I think for uh, interior offensive line, like like that's what teams are looking for. And he has he's not undersized either, six three three ten. So I actually am really 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 excited for this dude, and I'm the one who suggested him. So this is going to sound like false, but I didn't know that much about him. I was just looking up guys that we could look into, and here's why I'm excited about him. I don't know where he played at high school on the offensive line. He played offensive line, but I don't know where he went to air force. He didn't play any games at air force transferred to Virginia where he played in 2019, 2020. Uh, I don't think he played anything in 2019 because of the transfer rules at the time. Uh, but 2020 and 2021, he's in Virginia. Now he's going to Michigan where he's going to play with Jim Harbaugh. Right. And everything you're talking about, I feel like are very, experience driven issues that he has and coaching issues. Like that's not physical trait things that he has. And he is slowly moving up the coaching tree here. I, I I'm excited to see what he's able to do with the superior coaching at Michigan. I, I hope there's no like Virginia people around here that are going to chop off my head for saying that, but I really, uh, it's okay. So you say he has like a soft shoulder. I wasn't really sure what it was. My big note on him in the passing game was, from time to time, it just seems like he struggles against what appears to be inferior strength. And I couldn't really put a, my finger on why. And I thought maybe his pad level was a touch high. I didn't really know. But if it's if it's an upper body strength thing, a soft shoulder, I'll you know I'll look into that. I don't shit, even know but. if it's upper body strength. It was just there was times where a guy would get to, you know, into like that half man relationship. And he just too easily allowed that guy to like get that and like open up his hips with it. You know, it's, it's but it's definitely fixable. Like, like you said, I didn't, I didn't view it as a strength thing. Like, maybe, maybe I did when I said he needs to add upper body strength. But it's just like you, almost more urgency when that happens. You know, like when he's head up with a guy, he's fine as far as strength wise. But it's just when a guy gets that half man relationship, he's just, it's almost like he's too content letting that guy maybe you know get up you know the the arch of the pocket instead of like really moving his feet over he has the foot speed for it but he's like almost too like content with that okay uh that that makes sense um just like a lack of urgency generally or not reacting in time uh i will say as a run blocker he's insane uh, yeah he moves i was watching him just pile. all on his own one on one blocks just pushing dudes 10 yards downfield it is it's it's like the dramatically overdone scenes from like the blind side when he's like in high school and he's just like throwing a guy over a fence or whatever, like it kind of almost looks like he's just taking dudes for a walk. Um, and that's why I'm excited because you can see all the raw traits are there. He's slowly worked his way up. Now he's going to the big school with the big coach. I am expecting to see these things corrected. I think he may surprise people, but I could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot, and you're way better at all-line stuff than me. So, well, I'm excited. For, I'm definitely more excited for him than Jared Patterson. And like you said, working with like like Jim Harbaugh saw something in him to take a Virginia transfer and make him the starting center from day one. Like he's their starting center in the Blue Maze game. He was the starting center. Um, so I'm definitely excited for for. Like I think he has a much higher ceiling. And if you took me, like, who do you draft now, Oluwatami or Jared Patterson? I'm taking Oluwatami or Timi. I think I pronounced that right. So, uh, 
But that, I mean, that was like the one thing. But like you said, in the run game, he moves, dude. So maybe it's not necessarily a strength issue. I just, I just, sometimes it just seems like he's lacking urgency in pass pro a little bit. I, I screwed you. I'm sorry. Um, I forgot to tell you that he goes by Olu for a first name. Oh. Just O-L-U. There I didn't, I didn't know until just before we did this, but I forgot to tell you. Olu. So that's good. Justin, you got anything before we close this out? Oh, I just held in a sneeze. Excited to see him play at Michigan. Different bowl game in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Friday with our defensive draft preview. Football Grump will be on here. Check out his podcast, the Just Giants podcast. It's on Link YouTube. Link is and in the description. There we go. Check out his YouTube. Check out his podcast. All that good stuff. All right, we appreciate you guys. Uh, enjoy way too early draft preview and uh, tell us some guys that we missed. Until then, let's and and not quarterbacks. We know which quarterbacks we missed. Until then, let's go big blue.